I would say if the authorities didn't want us involved in the public square, they ought not to have crucified Jesus in the public square. Use humanistic principles. Well, I would say the same idea. Yeah, I would say same that. End. I would say, what's the problem with stardust bumping into stardust? In the in the cosmic picture, no, there's no problem. In the okay. cosmic picture, it won't matter. No, Mr. President, you are not protecting reproductive freedom. You are authorizing the destruction of freedom for one million little human beings every year. I'm sorry, my friends, but I am tired of seeing Jesus presented as a weak beggar. He is a powerful Savior, and the Gospel is not a suggestion, it is a command. Reverend Mola, don't you sympathize with that? I sympathize with every single human heart wishing to know the one true and living God, but I believe there's only one way that that can happen through Jesus Christ, and the Gospel is about repenting of sin, not celebrating it. adventure. We will explore the spiritual abyss. You have not experienced this before. You're going to love it. You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Moloch and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination, and you shall not lie with any animal, and so make yourself unclean with it. Neither shall any woman give herself to an animal to lie with it. It is perversion. Listen to this. It's like it's written. Is this, is this written today? <laughs> I feel like it's written today. It's written for today. It is. It says, do not make yourselves unclean by any of these things. Listen closely. For by all these, the nations I am driving out before you have become unclean. And the land became unclean, so that I punished its iniquity, and the land vomited out its inhabitants. That's Leviticus 18, starting at uh, 21, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. This is the gospel heard around the world, everybody. You can get more at ApologiaStudios.com. That's A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A Studios.com. ApologiaStudios.com. Go there, sign up for all access. When you sign up for all access, you make everything that we're doing possible including the stuff that we're doing, crossover with End Abortion Now, the stuff we're going to states, we're getting content for you guys. We are uh, bringing the gospel into collision with that issue. And so whether it's the teaching ministry, the -the on-the-street evangelism, all the equipping stuff, anything here you're getting at Apologia Studios on any platform is all made possible because brothers and sisters just like you are partnering with us in this ministry or part of this ministry with us and so whether it's the people coming out of the cults coming at atheism the babies being saved all that's happening because brothers and sisters are partnering with that partnering with us in this ministry so thank you when you go to apologiastudios.com and you sign up for all access you also get a bunch of additional content not just the hundreds of radio shows all that stuff that's there uh whether it's provoked whether it's cultish whether it is sheologians Apologia Radio, you also get the after show, you get Apologia Academy, you get monthly Ask Me Anything. It's a private feed just for our all-access partners and ministry where we get to talk with each other, ask questions, all that stuff. And so go there, Apologia, all-access, sign up, partner with us in this ministry, do it today. 
Uh, everything that you are joining together with us in is made possible through that. And so thank you. Uh, don't forget to sign up for our Bonson U. It is completely free. As we always say, it's a gift to Apologia from the Bonson family. Uh, we are almost done with um, all that content, like 2,000 lectures and sermons and all. It's almost done, Luke. I, I heard say. Isaac told me on Tuesday that's almost done, incredible. which is incredible. We've, we've remastered this stuff. We made it sound a lot better. Uh, some of it sounds like it was, uh, you know, recorded from a fishbowl, uh, you know, from a you know 1980s recorder. So we had a lot of work to do on those, and so it's almost done. And so Bonds and You is completely for free. You're going to get the top-tier seminary education for free, for free, and that is no joke. Um, uh, no, no cost to you. Uh, definitely cost to us. Uh, us. Uh, so, uh, by the way, I, as I mentioned, apology, all access, you guys are helping to make all that possible. So all that teaching, all that training for individuals, Bible studies for churches, young men being raised up in ministry, all that training that's going out there for free seminary level education uh, is happening because all access. So thank you again for that. Uh, and don't forget also when you go to apologiastudios.com, you can get some nifty tracks. You can get some good tracks. The Gospel for Mormons, uh, this has been used and given out to thousands and thousands of people. People have come to Christ because of this tract out of out of Mormonism. We also have our What is What is the Good News of God tract. It's a gospel tract you can hand out to loved ones, friends, people on the street. And so go to apologiastudios.com, go to the store, and you can get the tracks. You can get all kinds of other nifty gifties there uh, for uh, your um, wearing pleasure and drinking pleasure. There's even mugs and all kinds of things like that. Sun's out, bun's out. No, sorry, guns. 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 Sun's out, guns out. Yeah, yeah sorry. That's no buns out here. Slow down, Jeff. Slow down. Slow I down. I've seen that before. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Um, Can't it's it's hot in Arizona. I, it's hot in Arizona. I'm wearing my uh, Hawaii tank top. And uh, yeah, so in case anybody makes comments, yeah, you know, it's hot here. So it's, it's like brutally hot here right now. And, you know, Arizona is not supposed to be like 70% humidity and 110 degrees. It's not supposed to happen. We're supposed to get like we want one or the other. Like give me the dry heat and the desert and yeah. you know the death, you know, march through the desert sort of thing or or give me Florida, but don't give me both. Yeah. Don't give me both because it's it's bad. My allergies have been killing killing because of this humidity because it's making everything bloom worse and just yeah. it's everything's just blowing around did you hear the thunderstorms last night you know night? it's funny i did not because you know when i fall asleep i don't hear a dang thing it was but i thought the someone rest was, of my family did i thought someone was breaking in like <laughs> i jumped oh, out of I bed completely missed it sounded like a door was being kicked down i jumped out of bed i was like well, what was that sound i was like getting ready to like go search the house and then I, another one hit and i was like oh that's awesome no missed it i love the storm Summers we have. Right. Uh, do you love them? I love them. And I don't, this I don't has love been when a they. Good summer for that. I don't love when they rip up like gas stations and throw them like on Seventh Avenue. I don't know if you yeah. saw that picture. Yeah, it was on the, the news. The, like I don't even know what you call the that. covering over the gas station. Yeah. Like I ripped up and flung. Is that why gas is so expensive? That's why. That's the reason. It's not Putin. It's them dang <laughs> monsoons. Uh, also, I seventeen. I'm sorry, everyone. Welcome to Apology Radio. I seventeen at Camelback. Every time that there's a major like storm, it floods. Yeah. And you would think after all these years, everyone's they'd cars are like they'd fix, find some way to fix it. They didn't fix it this morning. They've they given videos up on of cars I-17. underwater trying to drive through. Yeah, yeah, they've given. It's just clearly the worst freeway we have in the state, and uh, and some most dangerous. You just can't you just can't change. I yeah. just don't understand why people still try. They're like, oh, I can make it through here. Oh, that's what the videos were this morning. Like, I, I think I can. Why make do it. you think? 
Are when you new here? It's going uh, to the top of your window. Your car's going to stop. <laughs> Trust me, it's going to stop. Someone's like, I really want to go to work today. I don't want to have to go home I mean, because I can't get if, to work. I'm if just going to go through. Yeah, if you can get in it, if you, if you can get out of your car and you literally, your feet aren't touching the ground and you're swimming, don't drive your car through it. It's just a good rule of thumb. Yeah. 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 <laughs> People are like, no, I installed like the the motorboat thing. Yeah, I can, motorboat. I can... It didn't work though. <laughs> oh man! You think he smells like Jesus' birthday in here this morning? I don't know. Today, like, this afternoon, what? Jesus' hey? birthday. What does Cows? that mean? Manure, frankincense, and myrrh. Oh. I I have it on me. Oh, didn't... frankincense and myrrh. It's it's it smells like I did this. Smell is, manure. This so. is what it smells like Jesus' birthday. <laughs> no frankincense and myrrh because my wife uh, she's big on natural cures and they work very often. I've had actually. I've done conventional stuff. Frankincense is supposed to be pretty potent. Yeah, I've done conventional stuff stuff before that's never worked. And then, like, uh, Carmen's mom, Sarah, she gave me a concoction once that completely healed me. I still have the same one from her, and I won't throw it away. You need to take it. Send it it to a lab to find out what she put in it because I had an open wound on my hand that wouldn't close for three months. I put it on the next morning. It was completely completely sealed. Now, that really did smell like Jesus' birthday. It did. So I I smell like Jesus' birthday. I smell like Jesus' birthday because uh, there's like, you know, my wife's like, we've got a little weird, mysterious dark spot on you, so we're going to find a way to cure that. So she talked to Trilene, and Trilene has a magical concoction of potent essential oils that have literally cured her uh, melanomas and everything else. My Mm. wife's like ahead of time. She's like, we're going to make sure that that's covered. So she's got me on this frankincense and myrrh. There's other oils in there, too, but it definitely smells like Jesus' birthday in here. I'm Jeff the Callman and Ninja. That's Joy the Girl, Hello. and that is Luke the Bear. What up, everyone? Did you know that in 1776, the newly formed United States rented private battleships to help them resist British tyranny? That's right. Private battleships. I wish I had a private battleship. Uh, yeah, I feel thought. like you know the big Actually, thing right. About that. The big Join. thing right now is uh, like private jets, but I think there's sort of a missed opportunity here. If you're fabulously wealthy, you could be in yeah. a private battleship. I actually was thinking the other day. I was like, how much work would it take to mount like a 50 cal machine gun in the back of my truck? Yeah, which would be like a private battleship. <laughs> I don't think it would be hard. You know, I could picture someone standing up there like GI Joe or something. And then I'm not making this up. Later that same day, Pastor Zach and I were meeting with someone that said they had just been at someone's house and they had a 50 cal machine gun at their house. You know what would be? They were going to Walgreens with it. Okay, so don't understand why. Let's suggest some tums this, or something. But. Let's suggest this to our friends at Armored Republic. Let's suggest an ad campaign with a really well done photograph of you on the back of a truck. No shirt, tight tan shorts. You know, look like Sometimes look like Arnold. Look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and was it Commando? He was like that, and just with a big cat. Yeah. Like that would be. I'd buy anything from the company. Well, I'd have to have with on an a, American flag waving. I'd have to have on the, the some body armor. I'd have to have on the Armored Republic body armor. Yeah, and, and then and then you go like this, and a an eagle, bald eagle, lands on your arm. Dude, joy. <laughs> that last piece. Epic. <laughs> All right, please continue. I got continue. way off here. <laughs> yeah. Private battleships are a tool of liberty. See, that I could have a tool of liberty. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be hard. Just cost some money. And I have to jump through some hoops, I think, to get a 50 cal. But anyways, and I a, digress. And an American bald eagle, and probably. An bald eagle. <laughs> they equip men to resist tyranny. Another tool of liberty is body armor, again, which I just mentioned. A defensive tool so you can stay in the fight for as long as possible when you're shooting a 50 cal off the back of your truck. Mm. Body armor is an essential. 
At Armored Republic, we stand for aiming free men with body armor so they can resist tyranny for Christ the King. Check out our website at AR500Armor.com. Sign up for our email list. Equip yourself. Join the Armored Republic today. Love those guys. Isn't it great to hear of a company that's just giving glory to Jesus? They're starting a private Christian school, by the way. Well, that's fantastic. Of course course he would. Of course course he would. would. Yep. Welcome, everybody, to Apologia Radio. Uh, This is Gospel Heard Around the World. We actually do have a lot of really, really interesting stuff to show you today. Lots of stuff. Thank you guys for hanging around. Someone in the comments, uh, John, was like, what did John say? John said, um, sorry, I'm off. This is boring. Sorry, John. We had someone um, email me in and tell me they like truly, truly hate Mm. that we... The banter? Yeah, the, that we enjoy ourselves. Yeah, the, uh, can I can I respond? Can we respond to that. Let's respond to that. So yeah. we've always done Apologia Radio in a way where we want to just live like we normally do, and that's not take ourselves very seriously because we really don't. And uh, and true. what you see here is what you get. We didn't want to put on a face. We didn't want to put on a front. We just want to do the show, bring glory to God, talk about important things, bless the church, and uh, spread the gospel. And uh, I will say that uh, this is how the show has been for over a decade, and it's going to continue that way. Well, um, and it's part of it, uh, emphasis on the decade part. We've all known each other for quite a while, been doing this show more for than quite a decade. A while. Yeah, it's true. Um, what I always, what I've said on Sheologians is that if you see a group of Christian friends having fun and you don't like that, <laughs> you're might be a little bit boring. <laughs> Um, Jesus did not have fun. <laughs> no fun. Right. He was just a weak beggar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just saying it's a little bit boring um, and uh, just a lot of bit cheerless mm. to if you see someone else having fun and you're like, well, that just ruined my time. Yeah. Then that's kind of an attitude problem. I, I will say that you should go back though and listen to some like maybe the, like year one, year two apology or radio episodes. If you think <laughs> this is bad, oh boy, oh boy, we've gotten we're really not good even doing prank at, calls anymore. No, we to the, we'd prank know. phone calls. We'd quote, we'd prank phone call Christian bookstores. We'd prank call pastors. We just uh, if you don't if you don't like this format, you really would have hated us then. Yeah. Uh, but well, we yeah. love it, and we should start doing some prank calls again. Yeah. The problem is Christian bookstores don't exist anymore. That's yeah. the problem. That's the problem. Who do we call? Can uh, we, who can you call? Can we call woke churches? Yes. Or call like Joel Osteen's church. Church. And ask if they found more money. And in the ask walls. about the money. Ask them if we can, you know, go on treasure hunts throughout the church <laughs> and just, you know, knock on walls. Like, what do you think? Um, is this a thing? Uh, you didn't know about you this? You didn't hear about that? They no. found 600, uh, was it a over, lot. Uh, I think it's either 600,000 or more uh, cash in uh, uh, in one of the walls. In the at, uh, behind at, a stall or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like doing some work or something. Yeah. They like removed some drywall. It was like a leak or something. They removed some drywall and it was just cash. Cold, hard cash stuck in the wall. And no one seems to know, no how, one seems it to know how it got there. Someone just put it there. And they dropped it. While they're going to the bathroom, they were like, "Oops!" <laughs> it fell through the wall. Makes uh, really good insulation. Just yeah. cash. Yeah, we found that cash actually keeps you warmer. <laughs> it does. Cash will keep That's cold. Cash, pretty insane. Believe it or not, keeps you warm. Yeah. How did I not hear about that? You didn't. Wow. Yeah. 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 That was uh. Was here sometimes. No one seems to know where it came from. Yeah. You yeah. Check your walls. Well, yeah. Everybody check your walls because apparently 
money just be showing up in your walls. <laughs> money be showing up in the walls. Hey, that Joel Osteen's living his best life now. Hey, it's all, it's all yeah. the prosperity gospel stuff. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe it's true. Maybe Look, it's guys, true. Money, money will just out of the walls. It's like here. manna from heaven. It just appears in the bathroom drywall. <laughs> manna from heaven. Uh, uh, <sighs> ma- mammon. Mammon from heaven. That's what that is. That's mammon. That's straight up. Straight That's old school KJV right there, baby. Mammon. Mammon. All right, so here we go. We're going to talk today about some dark stuff. And that's another reason, too, guys. Listen, we talk about some seriously difficult stuff on this show, some dark stuff, and you're going to hear some really dark stuff today. And so... Um, you're so going to start appreciating the playful banter. You will you like will, the like, banter. Can we go back to that? <laughs> You'll like the banter in just about two minutes and counting. Uh, so uh, lots to talk about today. So the title of the episode today is DIY Child Sacrifice and White House Tyranny. It's interesting. I, I I read the passage from Leviticus, Leviticus 18 because there's so much there related to the law of God and the driving out of the nations and the, the land becoming unclean. And what's interesting, I, I just need to point out because it often gets missed. You know, we all miss things when we're reading the Bible at times, but it'll get missed often that when the Lord is talking to his people there and he tells them these are abominable practices, you're not to engage in these things. There's just actually a lot there. Not only is bestiality there um, and, you know, the issue of homosexuality, but you also have um, and just a number of issues there. It's interesting that he says, for these very things, I am driving out the nations. But it's interesting because I keep saying interesting because. We, we sometimes miss the fact that God gives his law to his covenant people, a special revelation of his standards, of his righteous statutes to his people. And people will say, well, you know, those surrounding pagan nations, they're not accountable because you know, they didn't receive that revelation. It's like, no, God still holds them accountable for his for violation of his law. Like they know deep down who, the, who God is and they know what is an, a, an evil practice, like, you know, sex with an animal. And God says that he's driving out the surrounding nations for those very sins. But wait a minute, they didn't receive the law from Sinai. They didn't get that. And Paul says in Romans chapter 3 that the law is given to shut the world up and that the whole world might be accountable to God. And so people are accountable to God and his law, whether or not they submit to this revelation or not. Um, They're accountable. But in that text, it says not to offer your child as a sacrifice to Moloch, Um, Child sacrifice is as old as dirt. It's as old as the hills. Yep. People have been killing their children uh, via abortifacients and DIY child sacrifice pills and potions and concoctions for a long time. And there is an example of, in Israel's history, of God telling them, you are not to practice child sacrifice and offer your child to Moloch. What did Moloch promise you if you allowed your child to pass through the fire? What were you promised? Harvest, crops, health, safety, all that stuff, protection. And so you offered your child up. Like, I want all these Mm -hmm. things. I want money. I want prosperity. I want health. I want safety. I want a good life. And so I'll offer my child to Moloch. Comfort. Uh, Comfort. I'll offer my child to Moloch uh, to get those things. And so it was obvious, you know, then, of course, it's really obvious then when you've got a line of people walking up to a statue that's, you know, that's burning and, you know, placing a living child into the hands of this statue and, you know, letting letting it just be incinerated. It's That's a very obvious form of child sacrifice. But, you know, it's no different 
just because you don't have an idol you're placing it before, like just because there's not an altar there doesn't mean you're not doing it for the same reasons. I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice this child for my future, for my career, for my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to have, I need to be well off and this child's going to get away and get in the way with that. And how, I mean, how many people have you seen just broadcast and say it just out loud? I mean, it really just out loud, just proudly, you know, um, if I yeah. hadn't had my abortion, then I wouldn't have the acting career that I have today. I just saw that recently. Exactly. They're proud of it. They, you know, so it's a sacrifice. I killed the child for the future, for health and hope and happiness and comfort and all the rest. And so just because you don't have an altar doesn't mean it's not child sacrifice. It still is. I mean, it's conceptually exactly the same thing. However, there are people today that still have altars. They still have altars. It is a sacrament. You know, James, I think, was the first person I ever said or ever heard say that, Pastor James, that abortion is the the sacrament of the left. Mm. It's their it's their holy sacrament. Uh, it, it is their sacrifice. They must have it. It's part of their religion. And I think that's an, that's an accurate way to put that. And yeah, so absolutely. we're we're gonna play some stuff for you today. This is dark stuff. It is without question evil. And uh, disgusting. And uh, people kept asking when I, I shared it. I don't know if you guys saw this. I shared it on my page. And, and I think the, the number one comment, at least initially, was, is this real or is this a spoof? Mm. Right? Is this, is this Christians trying to tell? I don't know what that banging noise is. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So hold off on playing this. Okay. I'll, I'll keep going. Where was I? Before the boom, 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 boom. Uh, um, people were asking you, real. like, is this actually... Oh, people are real? asking, uh, is this real? Is it a spoof? Is it a Christian sort of recreating this scenario? And the answer is, it's totally real. Uh, this is from a channel, uh, and the channel is called... Um, nope, that's the wrong one. What do we defeat us? Okay, here we go. The channel is on YouTube. It is Self-Guided Abortion. Good grief. Self-Guided Abortion is the name of the channel. So if you want to see, there are actually a lot more clips than this. We're going to play two for you today. And uh, the first clip is, uh, is is do-it-yourself, modern-day child sacrifice. Is that what it's called? No, that's what uh, Bradley labeled it under Abolish Abortion Texas. Oh, okay. They just pulled this clip. Gotcha. Okay. All the clips she has up there, at least the ones I saw, were all short. But uh, how are we doing over there in the control room, guys? No word back. <laughs> Okay. Um, I did see that, uh, you know, once everything happened with Roe, um, the Church of Satan basically came out and they were like, we're going to, like, try to protect abortion as a religious a religious yep. ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Been saying that. No so, I mean, us. they were just very, yeah. they were very forthcoming yeah. <laughs> with it. Yeah. They even sent us a press release, actually. I think someone just signed us up for the Satanist emails because that's oh, what cool. people you. do. We always get like Planned Parenthood and yeah, we get um, like LDS emails too. Oh, nice. So, so you know, thank you for that. <laughs> people put us on lists. Yeah. I would say Kendra Thomas, Rusty's wife, wrote wrote a little book about that years ago, and it's spot on. Yeah, it's it's, it's there's sacrifice going on. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, This is uh, Modern Day Child Sacrifice Do-It-Yourself Abortions. Building an altar for your abortion can be a really cathartic procedure. I like to always have a candle going on my altar. 
So there's always light within the darkness. I also really like to add the abortion pills themselves to the altar to really bless the pills that we're going to be taking into our bodies during this process. And place the container of which you plan to put the, the products of conception or the fetal remains within to catch that after you've passed it and save it for later when we, when we find a way to, to bury or otherwise, um, to where we find a way to properly dispose of the fetal remains in a way that gives reverence and respect and support to this, to this sacred abortion experience. Ew. Yeah. Ew. I mean, she's not hiding the fact that it's an altar. Nope. Nope. Altar, bless the pills. And notice, it's very important to always try to like, where's the image of God in there? Like, where is it? You always want to find that. Even if it's somebody who's an enemy of humanity, an enemy of the faith, always look for the image of God because though you throw the coin in mud, you're not going to erase that image. Right? It might be covered in, in dirt and mud and muck, but that image is still there. You haven't erased it. And so a person could do this, a person could do the most treacherous acts towards mankind, and you're still going to find them imaging God in their life. So I always look at a situation like this as somebody who is just immersed in evil and obviously lost and spiritually dead, and say, where's the image of God in there? And you can see that they can't live consistently with their evil, with their injustice. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when she starts off and she's talking about the whole thing and reverence and she's talking about, you know, blessing the pills and all this altar, she, she first calls it the product of conception, right? The product of conception. Well, what in any other normal circumstance do you call a product of conception? What is that really? Let's stop playing games with language. Let's just say what it is. What is it? It's a baby. I mean, you're pregnant. Uh, my daughter um, is pregnant again now. I'm going to have, and my, my daughter-in-law is pregnant again right now. At the same time, just like last time. So I have now five, five grandchildren. And we don't, we're not walking around with each other talking about how's your product of conception? Right. Did you get it checked out? Right. You know, how's the baby? How's the baby? Like Imogen went to the doctor this morning to get her her checkup and everything, and and that's the thing. How's the baby? How's everything going? You know, yeah. we don't. You don't say product of conception at any other time, except when you're trying to manipulate others. Right. And here's a case of a woman who can't live consistently with what she's doing. She's killing her baby. She's talking about killing babies. Yeah, that's the. She's at least that's what she's identifying here. This is what you want to do. This altar, this thing that I want you to, to practice. She calls it a product of conception, but she talks about things like reverence. And she, in a moment, you're going to see it goes even further. But where's the image of God? Product, product of conception is first. There's the manipulation of language. Yeah. Let's not be honest with what we're actually doing. And then she says, fetal remains. Okay. Let's, let's just go ahead again. Let's talk turkey. Let's be honest with language. Let's not manipulate. Let's be honest with language. Talk turkey now. Fetal remains means what? Let's go to the etymology of the word fetus. What is fetus? It's an old Latin word, and it refers to the newborn offspring of a creature in reference to a child. It's a baby. So when you say fetus, what you're saying in Latin is baby. baby. So when you say fetal remains, what are you referring to? The remains of your baby. And, but, and, and there it is. You just can't escape it. She, she product, product of conception, fetal remains, the remains of the baby. And then she talks about like, you know, having reverence for this altar, this 
moment, this thing, as though like if you're ending the life of your child in her worldview, as though that needed any reverence whatsoever, right? right? Why? Why exactly? Why do we need reverence? Mm. Why do we need? Why do we need to act like this is a sad procedure? Like why? Why are you? And you're going to see more. I'm going to show you another clip in a second when she talks about disposing of the baby that you just killed. You're going to see this is inescapable. It's so inescapable. It's so obvious. They can't live consistently with what they're saying. Acting like it doesn't matter. Anybody can do this. You ought to be able to do this sort of a thing. And then to go and talk about, you know, reverence for the baby, make sure you give the baby a proper burial, all that stuff. They can't live consistently with what they're doing. So there's the image of God. The point is, is not that they really believe that this is just something you could discard and throw away, is that they believe that their commitment to their sinful choice trumps the life of another. That's the truth, is that this right here, this, my right to kill my child, is far more important to me than the reverence I ought to have for the baby's life that I'm ending. That's the truth. It's a complicated world that they've tried to create for themselves, and they can't live consistently with it. Like, for example, another example. I'll let you guys join in here. Um, When people used to say, and they're not saying as much anymore, that we believe that abortion should be safe, legal, safe, and rare. Legal, safe, and rare. Well, if it's not a moral issue, if it's not immoral, why are you saying that? Like, why bring those things together? If it's like any, if it if it's like, I just mentioned, like my wife's putting frankincense and myrrh on me for something that, you know, looks a little off. And she's like, we're going to take care of that. Well, what if I go get it removed? Do I, do I want that uh, procedure to be uh, legal? Well, why am I even bringing that up? Of course it ought to be legal. Like, why are we even talking about it? It's not a moral issue to, to, to cut off something that uh, could potentially be cancerous. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why mention legal? Uh, why are we even debating that? Safe? Even if it was cosmetic. Right. Even if you're just like, I don't like it there. The little lump on my... Right. You know. That why are we no talking... More, nothing wrong. Yeah, that. why are we talking about this? No one has these conversations when it's obvious to everybody. Of course, yes. Yeah. Safe? Well... That's... Yeah. I, why are we talking about this? Of course, any surgical procedure should be safe. What are we talking about? But the rare part is the identifier. Rare? Mm. What you talking about? Rare? Who who cares about rare? Like, why would it matter? If it's not a moral issue, then why are you saying that abortion should be rare? There, there you did it again. You, you just imaged God. You can't live in the world that you created for yourself. You can't. Is it safe, legal, and rare? Okay, rare. Why? Is it moral? Uh, what's wrong with women just ending all their pregnancies all the time? Is that a problem? I mean, if it's not really a moral issue, then why are you saying that abortions need to be rare? Like, no one ever talks about, uh, you know, wart removals as needing to be rare. <laughs> right. Because you don't, we don't talk like that about wart removal because that's not a moral issue. Right. But ending the life of your child, that's a moral issue. So again, you look for the identification. Where is the identification of the image yeah. you got here? Oh, you just slipped. Safe, legal, and rare? Rare, why? Is it moral? Is there a law that should govern that? Is there something transcendent about this that we should all be observing? And so you'll always find it and uh, just be patient enough to look for it. Something that uh, Dr. Cornelius Van Til used to say is let the unbeliever talk and let Mm. them keep talking and eventually they will hang themselves. And I think that's just some of the greatest advice from Dr. Van Til is that right there. Let them talk. Let them keep talking. Because eventually the image of God is going to come out. You're going to see the conflict and you'll be able to point at their feet and say, see, you don't really believe what you say you believe. The issue here is that these people love their sin 
more than they love righteousness. They love the darkness rather than the light. That's the truth. They can only suppress it for so long. That's right. I there's something I wanted to say, but you know what it is, and it's going to go in a different direction. So I'm going to wait till after. Sure. <laughs> till after you play. Joy, this any any commentary here before I play this? No. Nope, go ahead. Okay. So this next one, same channel, same woman, I believe. Uh, and this one is um, what to do with the fetus. All these different words here after misoprostol abortion or miscarriage. Um, misoprostol abortion. Interesting. What to do with the fetus. So here's what to do with the baby. Uh, so again, first is the altar, the sacrifice. This one is what to do with the remains of the baby after you have executed the child. So what is the best way to handle the fetal remains? There's a few different options here, but again, what is most important is that you choose a route that makes the most sense to you and can provide the most peace to your healing process. And Why? Yeah, again. Wait, mothers, so what? mothers who end the lives of their children are going to need peace and that are going to need to heal? Really? Why? Is there something going on there again? Is there something transcendent? Is there something that's been violated? Is there, is there something that is going to uh, weigh on their conscience as a mother? Well, the answer to, is obvious to all of us. Of course, of course. You know, one of the the things that has has been a consistent part of my experience as a pastor all the years that I've been a pastor is dealing with sisters in Christ who are forgiven, who are in Christ who still have to deal with the guilt and the shame of their abortion. And, and it's also one of the greatest blessings of my life to share with a sister in Christ the eternal life and the forgiveness and the peace that God gives through Christ and only through Christ, and that God does not condemn you, nothing can separate you from his love, and that it is finished. It's a great blessing to be able to communicate that, to just watch God heal a sister because of his promises. However, even in Christ— these sisters have to have to walk through that, have to walk through that, those feelings of, of shame and guilt and, and just the reality of what's happened, but being able to actually experience the joy and the life and the peace that we have in Christ that he gives to all of us, to all sinners who come to him in faith for the gift of eternal life. But the point is, is, is you've got believing women who have had abortions in their past that still have to actually answer that question of peace. Where's my peace found? Where? It's my peace found. These unbelieving women or these women who actually kill their children in abortion aren't going to avoid because they are in God's image and living in God's world. It's inescapable. They're not going to avoid the guilt and the shame that is going to be there after they take the life of their own child. And that's why this woman is giving you this self-guided abortion information and the altar and everything else. And she's talking about peace, peace, the peace that you're going to need to heal, to heal. Why is, any of that, why is any of that necessary? Yeah. Why is that part of the conversation? We're going to have these conversations about wart removal. Well, did what's the title of the video again? This one is uh, what to do with a fetus after. But did, was there something about miscarriage in there, in her? Yeah, miscarriage because, is in there. Because that is an, like healing is an appropriate message for the woman who has not intentionally ended the life of her child. Yeah. And, um, I really, I really said, I think everything that's happened recently after Roe kind of proves it, but I think the next distraction, uh, technique 
of the left is I think the first time it was, well, it's not really a baby. And then we grappled with that argument for 40 to 50 years and we're finally just getting past it. Um, but yeah, I think the next uh, distraction that they're trying to put out is that an abortion and a miscarriage are the same thing. Yeah. Um, but oh, we're going to get into abs- that. They're yeah. absolutely not. And it's, it's, I mean, it's even offensive to like, try to say like, here's how you take care of your child's remains from a miscarriage or an abortion. Well, That's yeah, not the same video. Yeah. The fact that she's trying to put them in the same video um, is a total error. Oh, it's <laughs> no, yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal point you're making. If you you had a situation where you were talking about disposing of the remains of your child, and it was in the context of a conversation of a serial killer that killed your child, right. and your child being run over by a car while they're playing outside. You would say that that's not the same conversation. Right. Why, why are we bringing those two things together? Yeah. One is murder and one is an accident right. that is a tragedy yeah. that hurts a lot. Yeah. So you're right. It, it, it's But they are. And we're going to see that in a moment here when we play the White House stuff. That they're trying their very best. Oh, yeah. They're trying their very best. To, so let's let's not um, let's not grapple with this argument for another 50 years right <laughs> let's just end abortion yeah, let's do it okay christian so it's All actually right. <laughs> very providential that we're having this conversation because while you're saying that i know you you don't even have the comments pulled up uh there's a, a woman on here who's who's basically weeping on here saying that she had an abortion didn't understand what oh, she was yeah. doing and she wants to know if there's forgiveness for that and so you oh, literally yeah. just answered that question which while yeah. she's saying that um but then there's a a, a person on here uh, named Brenda who needs some serious uh, rebuking because um, she has been on there telling this poor woman that there is no forgiveness for murder. Um, and, you know, she's conflating um, forgiveness with the death penalty. And, you know, so it, it needs to be addressed. I think it's a good opportunity to address that. Um, yeah. So go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Um, Jesus saves murderers. Jesus saves um, thieves. Jesus saves adulterers. Um, and and by the way, uh, Brenda, uh, the standard uh, that Jesus, that God will apply in the day of judgment is not merely did you put a knife into their neck. Uh, Jesus says when he's explaining the law of God and he's correcting their misinterpretation and mishandling the law of God, uh, you shall not murder. But he says if you have if you are angry with your brother in your heart. Yeah. Uh, or you know, so hatred, hatred in your heart for your brother is is the is the core, is the center of murder. And so I'm a murderer before God's eyes. This is what Jesus says. That's where it all begins in the heart. And so I I sure hope that Jesus uh, saves murderers because I am one in terms of the hatred that I've had in, in, in my life for other people and the anger. Um, and I would venture to say you're probably guilty of the same. Uh, I think all of us are. It's to some degree. Um, and so does Jesus save sinners? Yes, he saves sinners. Paul says he's saved sinners of whom I'm chief. I'm the chief of sinners. And so the scripture teaches that the righteousness that we stand before the Father with is a foreign righteousness. It's not our righteousness. It's not our life. It's not our record on display. Let me tell you right now, that is the identifying that is the identifying uh, uh, mark of true religion, eternal life, Christ, the gospel, uh, versus uh, all man-made religion is this issue here. Do I stand before God, a holy God, with my record on display? Is it my righteousness 
the list of righteous acts that I've done in my life or in my unrighteousnesses. And God's going to somehow wade through them and see like if there's enough or if Jesus can cover some of that, but I've got to account for others. Um, no, the Bible teaches that, or I'll give you Paul. Paul says in Philippians, look, I'll give you my resume. I'm going to basically give you the gist of what he's saying here. He says, I, uh, as to the law, I'm a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. I was trained as a Pharisee. Of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised the eighth day. In other words, like you, you can't, you wouldn't be able to bring a charge against me. That's how rigorously I was committed to the law of God. But he says he counts that all as scubala. Yep. Very, very strong word. Strong language. Very strong word. This, this, he says, and I don't want this. I want to be found in him, he says, in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which comes from God through faith. Now, which righteousness is that? It's the imputed righteousness of Christ, the righteousness that was credited to his people. Look, we are either in Christ or outside of Christ. You're in Adam or you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, you're hiding in him. You have his righteousness. The Father declares you righteous. He justifies you by faith apart from the works of the law. And you are justified not on the basis of your of a life well lived to any degree. You're justified because you have the righteousness of another credited to you apart from works, Paul says in Romans chapter four, and you are forgiven and your sins are not counted against you. Why? Faith in Christ. Because of what he did, because of his righteousness. That's what joins us to Jesus, faith, trusting in Christ. And so when someone says, can I be forgiven for the murder of my child? Praise and all glory to God, yes. Repent and believe the gospel. That's why it's such good news for sinners. Because God, the offended one, God, the holy one, forgives people who are completely and absolutely undeserving. And Jesus says, truly, truly, John 5, 24, he who hears my voice and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death and into life. That is a summary of what takes place in the gospel. No condemnation from death to life, eternal life, believing in Christ, hearing him, believing in him. And Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. So I would say his sheep are going to hear his voice when he calls to them to come for life. He's the good shepherd. He lays his life down for the sheep. And so, uh, yeah, there's forgiveness in Christ for every sin. And and, and this is is vitally important. This conversation of abortion we're having right now and how evil it is and the immorality of it and everything else, it should not be in any way construed as saying that these women who have abortion are guilty of the highest-handed sin and mm-hmm. they're the worst of sinners. Mm-hmm. No. We're all sinners. We're just being honest about abortion. This is the murder of your child in the womb. You need Christ as much as I need Christ. I'm not above anybody because I haven't had an, or I haven't been a part of an abortion. Abortion's a sin. It needs to be forgiven. It's only available in Christ. He's the only way to salvation. Repent and believe the gospel. We're talking about this issue because it is sin and God defines it as sin. And so that's why we're doing it. And we're bringing the gospel into conflict with it. I hope that helps. Yeah. And just to add to that, what's important uh, into what Brenda was saying is that there sometimes uh, uh, sins are also crimes. Um, And there's different realms there. There's different jurisdictions and different penalties. forgiveness in christ pays for the the moral sin the act of murder but you still may have to uh pay a civil penalty for that you still may have to face uh, earthly justice exactly right and so as christians we've talked about this but as christians we can't conflate the two Mm -hmm. into one thing there's there's a distinction there and we and so we can't say 
uh, we can't forgive them if they are murderers. Like we can, they can be forgiven, and, you know, but they still may have to pay for that for that crime. Yeah, we still want thieves to be punished by the court. Right. We still want victims paid back. You know, like coveting is not a crime in God's law. Coveting is a sin. Right. It's not a crime. Hating your brother in your heart is not a crime in God's law. It's a sin. It's also murder, murderous at its root. Mm-hmm. But physical murder is what's actually judged by the court. Physical murder, right? So there are, like Luke says, Pastor Luke says, there are sins and there are crimes. When we engage this issue of abortion, we're engaging it as a church with the gospel, and we're also speaking to the state exactly. and saying, you need to uphold God's standards of justice and give equal protection to all humans. You need to punish this as murder and make it homicide again. Make murder homicide again. And uh, by the way, we're uh, pray for us, uh, endabortionnow.com. Go there, get training, get resources for free, save lives with us. I want to thank uh, all of our all-access partners here as well, and everybody who gives to End Abortion Now. We are heading to Georgia next week. Uh, this just came up. It wasn't actually on our list. Uh, we are meeting with legislators in Georgia who want to put a bill on of equal protection next week. Pray for that. Uh, Georgia could be the next one of the next states up with equal protection and I want to thank everybody who's a part of End Abortion Now for making all that yeah. possible. You guys are helping to fund all of this. It costs money to do this stuff. It costs money to go and talk with legislators and to train them and equip them. It costs money. And so you guys have made that possible. So thank you. Okay, back to it. Here we go. Uh, this is the rest of the clip. Um, what to do with the fetus. I like to think of fetal remain disposal in terms of the elements. So earth, air, fire water. If you live in a Western country where it's possible to take your fetal remains to a crematorium, then fire could be a good option for you. You can have the remains professionally cremated and then you can release what is left. You can release the ashes into the air. What's all this meaning we're attributing to the fetal remains. Again, Latin word, fetus, fetal, baby. Let's just, let's, can we speak English today? I mean, I love a lot of Latin words, but let's speak English. Uh, she's speaking English, so why not? Uh, baby remains, the remains of the baby. What, what's with all this dignity we're treating this this child with? You know, scattering their ashes, like you would scatter the ashes of your grandfather or your grand. Mother. Now, I'm not going into a big. I'm not going to get into a big discussion about cremation. I'm personally opposed to that. I think the Christian Church has shown for a long, long time uh, that we should be opposed to that because we believe in a physical resurrection. We want to, you know, assume the resurrection or pre- prepare for the resurrection with a physical body. But I know Christians have disagreements over that. That's not what this is about. But the point is that people do that. I mean, you've probably seen the Big Lebowski, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know the scene. I know, I have. Big Lebowski. It's my favorite you know, scene. Scatters the ashes you know, into the ocean, like we're going to put it into the belly of the Pacific, and uh, then the ashes fly back. You know, um, Only the Coen brothers could get away with something like that. But the point is, is like, you know, when, when they're doing that, they're trying, to, they're trying to maintain or uphold the dignity of Donnie when, when they're doing that, or like grandma, grandpa, or the child, you know, you're, you're doing, you're scattering the ashes in the Grand Canyon, or you're doing it in the belly, belly of the Pacific, because you so want to guard the dignity of this human being that you do this moment of symbolism, um, to, to allow yourself to have peace about it. And that's what she's saying. She's saying, bless these abortion pills so that I can then treat this baby like my grandfather. Scatter the ashes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, there it is right there. And again, like, give them enough time and they'll hang themselves. 
let me try to promote this practice, but then still live as an image bearer of God and give my child the dignity of a proper burial. That's what's going on here. It's just a seared conscience. That's the problem, is that the heart is hard, right? It's the heart is hard. So I'm, I'm juggling things. The value of my baby, I'm a mother, I need to have peace, but my right to take the life of my child in the womb is more important than the value I have for the child. But I still want to value the child, though. I still want to value the child, so I'll give him a proper burial. I'm not totally convinced it's about the value of the child. Like, if we were talking to this woman, yeah, obviously, I think deep down that's why we're using that language but i think that um i think what we're seeing in this video is uh her tenderness towards the situation is because we have made the abortion industry must make women the victim of pregnancy Mm. and you can be a victim of pregnancy because pregnancy is the ultimate inequality of the genders Mm. Um, the man never has to carry mm-hmm. a child and that's why he's allowed to go yeah. XYZ, be part of the patriarchy, take over the world. I don't know. Um, and so in a way, in a way, people who are f- for abortion, the, they, they truly believe, um, to an extent that the woman is the victim of the pregnancy and because she got pregnant, she now has to make this hard decision. Um, and I, uh, the only reason I bring that up is because it should really uh, elevate the darkness of something like this. Not, uh, It's almost, we've given women, it's a martyrdom. It's sort of a... I don't know, like I, I, I appreciate the uh, comparison to the sacrament because there is definitely some sort of martyrdom, self-sacrifice being celebrated here, which is that um, like a, the, it legitimately believes that sometimes the best thing a woman can do for her child is to kill them and bless her heart for having to go through that. Mm-hmm. Well, plus they they can repackage this all they want but and we talk about them not being able to suppress the truth they know that that ultimate peace requires the sacrifice of innocent blood right they're just looking in the wrong they're looking at the wrong sacrifice they think sacrificing their child there has to be a sacrifice that's why right. that's why she's acting this way because she mm-hmm. knows that she sacrificed it but she thinks it's going to bring her peace it's not lasting peace right um so yeah, that's well, that's why just, it, it's a it's worship sick. service. It's so yeah. sick and twisted. They instinctively know they need sacrifice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very good. If you do not have access to a crematorium or that doesn't feel like the right route for you, there's two other options. There's earth and there's water. So in terms of earth, you can choose to bury it at a place that really speaks to you in your heart. Maybe it's somewhere at your house. Maybe it's somewhere beautiful in nature. Maybe it's a place that really has meaning to you or your family. You mean like we do with all the rest of our loved ones? Right, exactly. A graveyard? Is that what we're talking about? Oh, you're talking about graveyards? Burying it on your property like people used to do. That you know, you're, you'd have you know a big property family would you know be buried you. You see their gravestones. Grandma, grandpa were there. Mom and dad were there. All that stuff. Yeah, we, we, you, 
why the information? I mean, isn't this what we do with all of our loved ones? And in this context, she's saying, well, once you've killed your child, you can do what we normally do with our loved ones and our friends. And that's people cremate, people scatter their ashes in meaningful places, and people bury them in meaningful places like maybe even your own family property, like we do with other human beings. So basically, kill the child and then give it the dignity of a proper burial like we do with other human beings. Do you see? Can't get away from it. God's world. God's way, you're God's creature, you are going to live like it. it. It's you. You can try to suppress that light of the image of God in you all you want. It's coming out. It'll come out. And uh, again, you know, I wasn't, well, yeah, at the, it was the beginning. We played our, our old school Apology of Radio episode music today where we had Dan Barker, yeah. uh, Freedom From Religion Foundation, famous atheist. We had him on the radio program, did a little radio debate with him. And the beginning of the ev- this episode, when this show's over, go back and listen to that opening again. you hear the conversation we had with him where he was decrying rape and all atrocities and all these different things as an atheist, but he said that he believed the human beings were stardust. Mm. So I let him talk. I let him rage about immorality and rape and all the rest. And if you listen to, listen to the episode, you know, he's an atheist. And so he believes they're stardust. So that's why I say to him, I say, what's the problem with Stardust bumping into Starbucks? Star, Starbucks. <laughs> Stardust bumping into Star, Stardust. Um, and he says, in the cosmic picture, none. Nothing's the matter. It won't matter. Okay, so you're going to decry all these moral atrocities and then say, but they're not really moral atrocities. It doesn't really matter. We are all just stardust. See, the point is that even Dan Barker, as as much as he rails against God and hates God, and he does, uh, as much as he opposes the Christian faith and the word of God um, and says that all that's just, you know, hokey, religion, mythology, all the rest, and as much as he does, he still has to depend upon it his entire life to live. He's got to depend on biblical worldview to live as though there were things called moral atrocities and injustices and evils, because if we're all just stardust, he's right. In the cosmic picture, it won't matter. But Dan Barker doesn't live that way. As uh, James said in his debate with uh, Dan Barker, his public debate, moderated debate with him, uh, Dan Barker can can say all these things, but Dan Barker plays the piano and he plays beautiful music. Mm. And he still makes lots of money off Christians. He sure does. Yeah, he's, he's got yeah. No, no moral uh, qualms there. No. No, he doesn't. Yeah, because he used to be a professing Christian, all that stuff, and did Christian music, Yeah. right? Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's do some more. If you choose water, that would mean also releasing the fetal tissue into a body of water, into an ocean, into a river. Um, My only advice there is that it's a moving body of water, so it really moves the energy of the pregnancy and the fetus away. There you go. There's not much more to yeah, say. There's... I mean, it's just, you know, not much. It's, it's, it should be patently obvious to all of us what's going on there. And the, the point is, why bring it up? Uh, because we're in the midst of a very important conversation right now. Uh, we have been fighting as a church and raising up churches uh, to save lives directly at the abortion facilities. Uh, we've saved tens of thousands of children between all the churches who are regular, regularly saving lives out there. 
Um, we're helping mothers and, and women and all of that. But we also have been working towards legislation in the states that would provide equal protection for all humans from conception. That would turn the issue of abortion into the issue of homicide at the state level. Equal protection at the state level for all human beings from the moment of conception. That is a Christian perspective. It is a logical and reasonable, lawful perspective. And so everyone knows we've been up to that. And if you guys want to participate with us, go to endabortionnow.com. Give there. We need you to financially give because we have so so much work ahead of us. And sign up with your church to save lives with us and work with us at the state level. But now that Roe has been officially overturned, what you're seeing in many ways is what we said was going to happen. Um, We had been saying for a long time that the pro-life establishment's bills, uh, incremental bills of injustice, like you can kill the baby after 20 weeks, but not before, that those bills were going to keep abortion legal in the states. That has been the case for our state, the state of Arizona. Roe is overturned. We've got an old law in the books that that still says from like the early 20th century that the abortionist is is actually engaged in a criminal act if he if he kills a child via abortion, um, and so you would think Rose out of the way. So that old standing law, like that's the that's the real deal, right? That's going to ban all abortions in Arizona. Well, you would think that, uh, as we need to announce, Kathy Herod, the leader of the pro life movement in the state of Arizona, she specifically removed the punishment and criminal mm-hmm. nature uh, for women. She did that. The pro-life establishment decriminalized abortion for mothers in the state of Arizona. Uh, But in the state of Arizona, how is the pro-abortion industry fighting against that? What are they saying? Well, they're just citing all the pro-life establishment's laws. And they're saying, yeah, I know we've got this old like 20th century law from Arizona that says the abortionists can't do it. But guys... Look at this law put into effect by the Center for Arizona Policy. Look at this law put into effect by this organization that says that you can kill the child, but you can only do it in this way. Shouldn't we just follow our more current statutes rather than this old, you know, archaic 20th century law? And so, like we said, the pro-abortion establishment is going to use those unjust incremental pro-life establishment laws to keep abortion legal in the states. And it's happening. It's happening. But... Roe is overturned, and so that puts us into a situation where, as we've been saying, the way things are right now, you've got to fight this at the state level. You've got to establish justice at the state level. So uh, all kinds of activities have been going on across the states uh, since Roe was officially overturned. And uh, that stuff is significant. Things were happening in Louisiana. Louisiana thought, Alan Sebaugh thought, others thought, that if Roe was overturned, that Louisiana's trigger law was going to go into effect and immediately all abortions would be illegal and that'd be fine and done. Except women, you could still do DIY abortions in Louisiana and Alan Sebaugh is fine with that. Uh, However, that's a lot of information to give to new listeners, but go back to listen to past episodes. You'll get the context. Alan Sebaugh argued that um, our law wasn't any good because as soon as it went into effect, it would be immediately enjoined by a court. What happens when Roe is overturned? Louisiana right to life and others are saying, ha ha, now our trigger law goes into effect. We're going to have an abortion free Louisiana, except for women who want to do it themselves. We're fine with that. No criminal penalties there. Well, what happened was is that uh, Louisiana trigger law was enjoined by court and had to go through court proceedings. Uh, So the fights have been going on uh, and they're going to continue to go on. But uh, resident Biden uh, yesterday uh, did an executive order 
He did an executive order. And Luke, if you would, can you pull that up and uh, read for everyone what LifeSite News said about that executive order that give everyone the context? And while you do that, I'm actually going to take a break. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to find where to read here. Okay. Um, the executive order directs the Secretary of Health and Human Services to consider action to advance access to reproductive health care services, including through Medicaid for patients who travel out of state for reproductive health care services. This directive is in line with the president and the attorney general's clear statements on the administration's commitment to defending the bedrock right to travel across state lines to seek reproductive health care in states where those services remain legal. That's what uh, COVID Joe said in a memo about this executive order um, that he signed. And so literally uh, this executive order is forcing taxpayers to fund abortion travel for killing their babies. So what we have here in Arizona, which is probably going to be the standard around the nation and what's going to be happening here has not official yet, but what, the way it's looking is uh, conservative states like Arizona where uh, abortion is almost completely outlawed except for the mother. Um, thank you, Kathy. Herod. Thank you, Kathy Herod. Uh, there, there will be, so like here in Tempe, they're, they're going to probably do consultations and then, Send refer them, them across somewhere. the state lines to California. So they're talking about building a giant Planned Parenthood right on the border, which is like you know an hour, hour and a half, two hours away. Um, so they're going to still have consultations here and then just send them across the border to get to get away with that. And so they essentially this executive order is forcing taxpayers to pay for the travel costs for those mothers to uh, go kill their children. So that's essentially by executive is, order. By executive order, isn't isn't there like so like if you kill someone and then you like travel across straight state lines like doesn't the penalty go up yeah that it becomes like federal right the fbi can become involved i'm not sure of all the details in uh, terms of the sanctions that could be done but yeah crossing state lines to engage in that kind of activity raises the level and the federal government just said that for this particular type of murder we're gonna that's actually okay give approval hearty yeah. approval to that one and uh i mean just the whole idea of of an executive order to force down the throats of the american people in separate states uh this issue of abortion is pure undeniable treacherous yeah. tyranny yeah absolute tyranny and by the way anybody who's familiar and you don't need to be an expert on history to know this. Anybody who's familiar with the formation of this nation should understand the heritage that they had uh, been given. Uh, again, we mentioned it a lot, and you should, and we do it so you get to know them. The Huguenots or the Huguenots, depending on how scholarly you want to sound. Uh, the Covenanters, the Puritans, when they came over, they had a historic theological pedigree um, that went back. And uh, when they formed this nation, they understood uh, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. And when they had the colonies and the states, they understood that, yes, this is a union, but it's just that. It's a union of distinct, yes. sovereign, little separate states exactly. and colonies. And, and, and I love the way Christopher Hitchens, of all people, Christopher Hitchens, atheist, um, he died of esophageal cancer. Um, as much as uh, he railed against God, he is my very favorite atheist. I would have loved to have dinner with Christopher Hitchens. Um, I really do. Uh, lo I, I love the guy um, and uh, sad to see him die in the state that he was. Uh, but even he, when he was talking to Douglas Wilson about America and 
his history, even he understood as an atheist, as a hardcore humanist and secularist, he understood that when they created this nation, they didn't believe what we believe today in terms of like basically the president's the king. He can, you know, he's he's sort of like running everybody. He was supposed to be sort of like a, you know, out of sight manager in a way. Like uh, the way that Christopher Hitchens described America, it was uh, when they did the union, it was like, this is our thing. Like, you know, it, it's our participation together. It's kind of our, our our thing. Like we're our own little sovereign states and this is our our, our thing, right? Like we're, we're joining together for mutual benefit in ways, but it wasn't supposed to be ruled over by a despot or a king. I mean, these people had as their heritage the covenanters who said, yeah. no king but Christ. Yeah. They had as their heritage the doctrine of lex rex, the law is king. And so when you have... Um, Resident Biden responding to the Supreme Court um, uh, overturning Roe versus Wade, when you have him actually saying, well, then I'll force it down your throat, you're saying, well, you're acting like a despot, you're acting like a king. Are you saying you're going to force me to pay taxes to a federal government that's going to sanction and approve of the murder of children across state lines? I've got to pay for that now? It's It's pure tyranny. And, and tyranny is tyranny, even if you're wearing a fancy suit on a nice desk with a fancy pen. It's still tyranny. Mm. You know, tyranny doesn't have to look like the, uh, it doesn't have to look like, you know, Stalin or Mao or Pol Pot, and it doesn't have to look like the dead body scattered across the ground. Sometimes tyranny just looks like a fancy pen. Mm. And um, that's what's going on. So I wanted to play for everybody this clip from yesterday's White House briefing. Um, I think there's some good stuff to engage with here. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> so we're going to go until 1.45. The in-town pool has to gather at that time, and then I'll go for another 15 minutes until 2, and then we're going to hear the president uh, speak at 2 o'clock. So hopefully that's a good amount of time, and then we'll be back tomorrow and the next day. Okay, so we have seen a lot of momentum in the last 24 hours in our fight to restore Roe. Americans in Kansas turned out to challenge views that would move the country backwards with fewer rights and politicians invading our most personal decisions, and they won. In the wake of Dobbs, the president predicted people would turn out in record numbers to reclaim rights stolen from them, and they did. The ballot measure proposed by extreme out-of-step Republican officials would have eviscerated fundamental rights and access to health care. There it is again. Manipulation mm-hmm. of exactly. language. Yep. Murdering your child in the womb is not health care. Caring for health. It is not. You are ending the life of a separate and distinct human being. Yes. It is the unjustified taking of human life in the womb of a mother. So you have a mother who is a distinct human being and you have another human being at play. And so it is not health care. Again, it's just the pure manipulation of language. It is important for Christians to call it out when we see it. It's very important to make sure that you do not allow them to use that kind of emotional manipulation of the masses. That is what they're doing. When they talk about rights and health care, rights and health care, those are very important things. I'm a father. I've got a family. 
I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, I'm very, very impressed with those kinds of things, rights and healthcare. But when you, when you're talking about it in light of the murdering of a child in the womb, it is, it's just manipulation of people. It's emotional manipulation. It's taking words that have meaning to all image bearers of God and using it, wielding it as a sword for your own injustice. It's just manipulation. Yeah. In- it's also not private if you're making me pay for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I was just saying, going back to Lex Rex. Uh, uh, the the uh, court opinion Roe v Wade uh, certainly was not um, given us uh, the undeniable right to murder your child no. like yeah. uh, that's not even not even close to being historically correct um, I mean that's just a flat out lie to, to say that um, you know and then again to so it's just so silly to me that you know, it, for them to say on one hand, it's it should be a right to to murder your child, and then also say the health care should be a basic right. Uh, that is not a basic right. Mm. Is it a good thing? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But that's socialistic to so come in and start saying yeah. that health care should be a, a basic human right. Um, no, back that train up to to uh, the USSR because we're not we're not on that train. Like, right, on, right yeah. on. And 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 it's it's interesting to to note that you look at people on the left and the pro-aborts, what were they saying three months ago? Three months ago, they were saying Roe versus Wade. It's been spoken from on high. The Supreme Court has ruled, and we need to honor and respect our Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has ruled. It has been spoken from on high. And then as soon as the Supreme Court says, oops, uh, there's a mistake here. This isn't just. This isn't lawful. We're going to overturn it. Then all of a sudden, the Supreme Court is the bad guy. The Supreme Court's yeah. not to be trusted. Out of step Republicans. That's right. Yeah. 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 Our God has spoken is oh, three months ago the word. Our God has spoken. The Supreme Court has spoken from on high. And now the Supreme Court's the enemy. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and we can just you know, try to fight against what they're what they've what they've ruled. And now we're just going to pull up our bootstraps and we're going to do it on our own. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do it on our own. It, it is it is I think important for us to note that we've been saying for many years now as we've been fighting this battle, we've been saying the Supreme Court is not God. It's not the supreme being. It's a Supreme Court. It's a court of fallible human beings. And there's supposed to be a transcendent law that they appeal to above themselves. Otherwise, you just have tyranny. Otherwise, it's it's just the religion of the pagans, and that's our God, right? That's the voice of their God. And so it's important that we actually express that, no, there's a transcendent law even above the Supreme Court. And by the way, that's what John Jay, the first Supreme Court justice in America, actually taught and believed when he was creating the case law he was appealing to the law higher than himself. Mm. He was quoting directly from Moses. He was quoting directly from the law word of God. He recognizes the transcendent law above the court that the court has to yield to. That's the tradition that this nation came out of is a Christian tradition is where they said Lex Rex, the law is king. It's not the king is law. The king is a man. He's a sinful man. And so the law is king, not the king. And so that's where Christians go with a Christian nation is they say, these are all important. Divisions of power, by the way, Christianity gave that to the world, divisions of power, Supreme Court, you got executive branch, all that. You you separate, you divide power because people are not angels and a constitution is necessary because people are sinful. And so we divide power. But a Christian nation says, and even with a division of power, there's still a transcendent law above everybody. It's a place you don't go beyond. And so we can recognize in a Christian nation that there can be moments of correction, you could say the Supreme Court made a terrible ruling. It was actually sinful, and we ought to resist it. We bring this up a lot because it needs to be known by all of us. 
they did that with Dred Scott versus Sanford. The states looked at the ruling of the Supreme Court where they said the black people were not persons, they were property, and they, they have to be returned to their masters? Uh, no, no. The state said, no to the Supreme Court, sorry, you can't legislate from the bench, I'm not, le- I'm not allowing that, and I will not allow you to perpetrate this tyranny upon these black brothers and sisters. No. So we've been saying, because there's a transcendent law, we can look at something the Supreme Court does and say, I'm sorry, it's not consistent with God's law, nor even the laws of our land, so we're going to resist what you're saying, and we're going to defy you, because what you're doing is immoral. And thank God, thank God, thank God, people in the North, during that awful opinion of Dred Scott, resisted and said, pound sand. No, I'm not returning these black people to their masters. No, they're not just property. They're persons. They're image bearers of God. Thank God for that. But in this case, you've got the leftists doing what we've been saying Christians ought to be doing this whole time. And that's doing what? Ignore the Supreme Court. When they're doing something that's wrong, ignore them. Ignore them. Don't be lawless like them. Be lawful in your state. Do it at your state level. If you, if you're as a as a as a lesser civil magistrate, have your lesser civil magistrates uphold justice and righteousness in your state, and say to the Supreme Court, "I respect you. I honor your position. It's a good thing to have a Supreme Court, but you are being lawless, and so the state should resist." Now the leftists are co-opting our strategy. <laughs> they're saying, "Just do it at the states," but they're saying, "Perpetrate the tyranny." At the state level. Yeah. That's what's going on. Well, and I think that's why earlier I mentioned distractions. And I do think that's a big part of, um, you know, I mean, it's a big part of end abortion now is just that we have been, the pro-life uh, community has been distracted. Whether it's incremental legislation or arguing if a, a babe, a unborn child is actually a human, which we did for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we just, they're not distracted. They know exactly what oh, their sure, next yeah. move is. Exactly right. um, so stop falling for these distractions. Yeah. It's not it, it, just, no, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. stop. Don't, That's you don't point. have to. <laughs> Here's some more. Republican officials have been very clear. They are pushing extreme laws, banning a woman's right to choose many of which don't allow exceptions, even for rape or incest. And they are calling on a national ban on abortion. As I mentioned yesterday, the DOJ also brought a suit against Idaho, where a near total abortion ban is threatening women's lives. Federal law makes clear doctors must provide emergency care, including abortion services to women facing health and life-threatening conditions. That, by the way, oh. is their strategy. I'm so stupid. Yeah, that's so yeah, angry. I, I see. I, you haven't seen this yet. Yeah. No, I saw this one. But you yeah, did see. I, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, uh, just know, brothers and sisters who are in this fight with us, that's their strategy. They are going to use it, and you be able. You better be able to take it down because that that you they use this against us in Louisiana. They tried two strategies. One, the pro life industry. Pro life industry it used in it. Louisiana. Yeah. That's yeah. right. It wasn't the leftists. They used one um, that this would punish mothers who have miscarriages. Or in a situation where their life is at risk and they're literally both lives are going to end, this would not allow for a doctor to perform a life-saving rescue operation to save at least one life. Lies. Uh, They also said this would um, uh, make IVF illegal. Lies. It would actually tell the IVF industry, you need to make sure that you firm up your commitments that you have to the 
creation and preservation of human life. And that means that you're not just going to create 20 human beings and then discard them or treat them uh, like they're not human beings that you've created that you're trying to um, actually protect and and, uh, cause to persevere. So this talking point, and it's the DOJ, the Department of Justice, Biden and his administration are sicking the DOJ Mm -hmm. on the states to perpetrate their injustice. And the DOJ, ignoramuses like they are, are going in and trying to use the talking points. Well, this will mean that doctors can't perform life-saving uh, rescue operations when the when the mother's health is truly at risk. First of all, the cases in which it's really at risk are so infinitesimally small. Yeah. Um, how about, okay, give us that. Uh, and then the rest of the abortions are banned. Yeah. They wouldn't want that. They want abortion at will. Right. It's just a talking point. It's an emotional manipulation. It's what they do. And so just know, brothers and sisters, that is the next leg of the fight. They are going to use this manipulation. They are using it. The pro-lifers were helping them to use it in Louisiana. They're going to use this to manipulate the minds of people to say, if you criminalize abortion at the state level, it means women are going to die of ectopic pregnancies. No, it doesn't. The laws state like in Louisiana, the law states it protects physicians for protecting human life. It protects physicians in the law. You don't need to create any law, any new laws around it. It's one thing Bradley Pierce said. No new laws are necessary. So you don't have to define it. It's already the state code. Doctors have the right to preserve human life. And if a mother comes in and both the mother and the baby are going to die, if this if this pregnancy goes further, the doctor is in the midst of a moral dilemma, yes, because you want to protect and preserve human life. And it is a rescue operation. Save at least some life. But that's the, not abortion. The, yes, exactly. and the and the energy goes towards saving both lives. Exactly, it's not a matter of oh, we look at this quandary we have. I guess we should pick now before we do any intervention yeah. who we want to live and who we want to die, and not to mention that the way that our the the way that things are set up now is doctors are very quick. If anything is wrong, if there are any complications, the very first we've been we have not. We don't live in a culture where interventions are prescribed if a woman wants an abortion. The very first thing that gets prescribed in a lot of emergency yeah. high risk situations is abortion. Is abortion. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's so that's the thing is that there is even if you want to have a conversation about life of the mother, that is we're not having an honest conversation about life of the mother because doctors aren't actually doing their job and looking at the situation and saying how can we preserve life they're saying oh you know a baby's not like really a person and you're obviously a much bigger person so you're more valuable so if you th- this is the standard that has been adopted by a lot of Many medical yeah. care providers yeah. and so there are women who would say my doctor said that i, I was in danger of losing my life and I'm like, I have no way to actually co- corroborate whether that or not that's true, mm-hmm. because many doctors automatically offer it. Yeah, and generally speaking, that's a massive issue. It's a major yeah. problem. Doctors yes. are saying, "Why don't you just do this? It's going to be too hard on you. It's going to be too hard on your child." Right. Right. Well, here's the here's the thing about that. Like, this is why it's so stupid. Um, any one one any doctor that's serious about the Hippocratic Oath <laughs> isn't going into this thinking. 
uh, you know, if the mother's life truly is in danger, they're not going, well, I guess I'm doing an abortion today. Mm. They're like, right. no, I'm trying to save someone's life today. Yeah. But do no harm. Those doctors aren't doing the abortions anyways. If they even right. if the doctor says maybe you should have an abortion, they're shipping them to right. a murder specialist, a yeah. hired assassin. Yeah. They're not doing the abortion. Yeah. yeah and and I, I think I've mentioned it before on the show. Like one time my wife and I, we actually had twins and um, she was about five months into the pregnancy with twins and we had heard their heartbeats and all the rest. We're super excited. We go to the doctor to do the ultrasound and that ultrasound appointment, uh, it was a shock to our system. Uh, we found out that both babies had died in her womb and uh, it was an emergency situation to remove the remains of the babies because it was a molar pregnancy, which basically can spread like cancer into mm. my wife's womb and, and into her body. It could kill her. But do you know where we went? You know where he went? When I was at the doctor and we discovered this and they scheduled this emergency surgery, you know where we went to handle that? We went to the hospital. Yeah, it wasn't Planned Parenthood. We went to the hospital because it was a doctor. It was a it was and it a, didn't require you to kill the child before treating right. candy. It, yeah, it was a birthing specialist, a doctor, and we went to the hospital. Yeah. And it was very sad. It was very, very sad. It was traumatizing. Uh, doctors were in tears. All of that. Yeah, uh, they do. They take pictures now. They give you little keepsakes. Yeah. At the hospital, yeah. they definitely are not the hyper aware. Yeah, very aware of, of happening of the trauma. Yes. And uh, and and that is just not what's happening here. And I just want to prepare you, brothers and sisters. We talk about legs of this fight and like where we're at, uh, like like Joy refers to. Uh, uh, that's one of the legs of the fight we're on right now. Is they are going to be using this kind of Manipulation of language and manipulation of emotions to further um, uh, uh, spread th this darkness, and and that's what you see right here. It's it's complete manipulation of facts. And by the way, it, it's so good. It's so it's so delicious that it happens at one point here. You're going to see in a moment here an identification of a complete manipulation of emotion, a manipulation of facts, and then you're going to see. We'll just spend a 30 seconds on it. A manipulation of the market. Uh, you'll see. But under Idaho's law, women with medical conditions like ectopic pregnancies or hemorrhages can be denied the emergency care they need. And today, President Biden will sign an executive order at the first meeting of the interagency task force that builds on the actions we've already taken to protect access to safe abortions, contraception, and the ability to travel. Today, the president is directing the Secretary of Health and Human Services to work with states, including through Medicaid, to help women who need to travel out of state for reprodu reproductive health care. Manipulation, manipulation, mm -hmm. manipulation. What does it mean he's signing an executive order to do this? It means that he is going to use taxpayer money to fund abortions. And there it is again, reproductive health care. You've already reproduced. <laughs> there already is reproduction. And it's not health care because you're not caring for the health of the human being in the womb. Already a reproduction. Already a human being. Already necessary focus on health. But it's not health care. It is care less towards the health of the child because it is the execution 
of a child. And what it's all this complete manipulation, the DO, Department of Justice, the DOJ, going to the state of Idaho saying it would do this, which it would not do. It's all manipulation. From beginning to end, it is all manipulation. And Christians, we've got to be better thinkers and better fighters when it comes to stuff like this. You've got to be able to actually unpack what they're saying, engage what they're yeah. saying, and refute it. And you need to do it in the public square because this, they're doing in the public square. This is in the public square. Yeah, usually um, when you see despots and tyrants, you see a lot of propaganda floating around. And I think we just watched a piece of it. Straight propaganda for sure. Ensuring there's no discrimination when obtaining medical care and promoting research and data collection on maternal, maternal health outcomes. There have been big steps forward in the fight to protect our rights, but it's not the end of the fight. What's at stake here is a choice between a national abortion ban, as Republicans have already called for, and more radical attacks on fundamental rights versus standing up for the rights Americans have been entitled to for almost 50 years. We're now seeing 50 days into what remains the fastest decline in gas prices in over a decade. <laughs> This, I, I'm so glad you caught that. I watched that and I was dying laughing. She goes on to say, it's dropped like 86 cents a gallon. I'm like, you all raise it like $6 a gallon. Yeah, so yeah. dropping it 86 cents a gallon doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's like the guy who, uh, what someone said recently, it's like the guy that comes and kneecaps you with a baseball bat yeah. then comes oh and like gosh. goes, he offers you a crutch. He's like, look what I'm doing for you. It's like, you blew up my knee. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's it's amazing that that kind of manipulation is like, look, it's down. It's 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 a faster drop than in in a decade. Well, how fast did it go yes. up? Oh, I mean, we're goodness. talking about like in Arizona. I saw again. exactly like what I I paid for gas. I went to to Fry's uh, uh, the Fry's grocery store where they have the gas thing there, and I had mm. some points. And I had like thirty cents a gallon. I remember I had like thirty cents a gallon, but I remember paying about a dollar fifty. For gas, a dollar fifty for gas. Not very long ago, I was like, "Yes, a dollar fifty. That's like that's back to when I had my firstborn son." Almost. I mean, really, I was like, "It feels like it feels like I'm paying the same prices." And then, and then recently, gas prices I saw driving through Arizona were like six dollars a gallon. Yeah, six dollars a gallon. So you can't boast when you have uh, when you have um, uh, a worldview that destroys our um, our industries in our nation and forces gas prices to go up. Um, when you have a worldview uh, of, of, you know, the environment and all the rest and all you're trying to do to save it and energy and the energy grid and all the rest, if you have a, a, a view that is actually causing the problem, that raised it from very low prices to almost $6 a gallon and in some places more than that, you can't boast that we're seeing a, a faster drop than we have in 10 years in gas prices. It's like well, if the price was like $1.50 for me and you got it to 6 and you brought it back down to four fifty. I'm not impressed by that yeah. because the gas prices dropped. And by the way, I you know we're all a little suspicious, of course, that election season and all the rest, nominations and all the stuff, everyone's deciding on Democrat, Republican, that all of a sudden the, the federal government here and Biden's administration finds a way to get the prices to drop a bit just before election time. It is just like the IRA, which we have an announcement to make about that. Um, the IRA is known for the Irish Republican Army, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, is known for they kneecap people when you mm -hmm. cross them. This still happens mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. uh, we we know people that know people yeah. that know people. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so literally, I'd rather be shot. Literally, they will <laughs> tell you. 
Well, they'd shoot you in the kneecap. That's what it is. I mean, yeah. But they, I guess. they say, they'll, they'll tell you, hey, uh, you have a, a kneecapping appointment tomorrow at noon. Um, we'll have an ambulance waiting for you. So they show up, they shoot you in the kneecap, and then they have an ambulance for it. This is what this is. Here's the ambulance. Right. We're shooting you in the knee. Yeah. Here's the ambulance well, for it. Take care of you. Yeah. Then next week, when I don't kneecap anyone, I'm going to report record low kneecap. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh boy! So uh, there, you know, we we have some more to share with you guys here today. Uh, we're ending. We're going to end the show here in, in just a moment, but I do have some more to share with you. Some good stuff coming up, as Pastor Luke mentioned. Um, first thing I will say is last week's show. A little bit of a correction here. Uh, more of a of illumination. Last week's show, we were just in awe of the fact that you have a vice president sitting saying, "Here's my name." I am a woman. My pronouns are she and her. We're like, why are you stating the obvious? What a crazy world we live in today where you have to state the obvious. And then she said, I'm wearing a blue suit. And we just were just like, this is a this is maddening. Like, what a crazy world that you have to say the obvious uh, and provide those definitions. Turn, we, we were informed that the reason they do that is for blind people. They're doing that for blind people. At least Why? I, I was informed. Well, what does it matter what color suit they're wearing? It doesn't really matter. But just just so everyone knows, we're aware of they the fact that it was for blind for blind people. And so, uh, okay, that gives a little more more of a de- of, of an explanation. But it doesn't address the problem that we were pointing to. It doesn't because yeah. when she announced her presence with her name, which is how humans on this planet announce their presence, yeah, they knew anyone who was visually impaired could. Absolutely knew what was up. Know what was happening. Yeah. I'm sure they're a very functioning, normal group of people. Right. And the <laughs> fact that she had to identify that she's a woman and it's she, her, um, is more just sort of like piling on. Then you got to the blue suit. It was like, what is with the pylon of the obvious? So we do recognize that now that's why, because of the visually impaired. And so we recognize that. Even sillier to me. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't in any way, uh, uh, um, sort of respond to the main point we were making about stating the obvious and the right. problem of our culture of doing that, having to say, hi, I'm a woman. It's right. like, it's obvious. Thank you. I, I understand that. Um, so there's that. Uh, next thing is, um, I want to encourage everybody, please do. Please do go to endabortionnow.com. Get your church signed up. You'll get to experience things like I got to experience last week after the show. After the show, show wrapped up. And then uh, in the other room over there, Pastor Zach was meeting with one of the mothers um, uh, with the baby in her womb, life that was saved at the abortion mill from Apologia Church members going out to preach the gospel. She was here in the studio. I got to shake her hand, say hi to her. I got to encourage her. We got to send her away with all kinds of stuff for her baby. And so if you partner with us at End Abortion Now. It's free. You get free training. We want nothing from you. We just want to help your church do it. Um, And so you get to experience a lot of those same things and uh, see these babies saved and even hold them in your arms uh, months down the line. So please do go there, sign up, and please give at endabortionnow.com. We have so many things happening right now in multiple states across the country. You're going to be seeing some activity like we had in Louisiana, Lord willing, very, very soon. And so please pray for us. Um, we're doing some traveling stuff soon uh, to, to get this stuff ready. Uh, these bills, I'm not going to announce right now exactly uh, the states and what's going on. I will just tell you right now that they're bills that have been written and are in the hands of the legislators as we speak. Uh, ready, to, But their legislative sessions, many of them are different. So uh, when they go in, will be different for each state. Uh, so be in prayer for that. And please do 
financially give. Um, I don't like to ask for for money for ministry and for these things. I really don't. Uh, but we need we do need funding to do what we do. And so I want to thank you so much for all you guys who have given towards this work. You're saving lives and you're helping us to get these bills of abolition put into place. Uh, you wanted to announce. Let's say speaking of free training, uh, Ireland, we're coming back. Coming back to Ireland. So we're planning that. Uh, I know I saw some of our Irish friends on here already saying something, but uh, we're going to be there looking at sept- early September. We'll say that until we have a book for sure. But yeah, uh, first couple weeks of September sometime in there, we're going to be there and offering our help and support to yeah. our brothers and sisters who are doing amazing work. Yeah. Um, for the kingdom and for saving babies there. Yeah, so God granted us uh, such a gift to be able to connect with uh, some solid, solid believers in Northern Ireland, in the Republic of Ireland, uh, to help the church to fight against the issue of abortion, now in Ireland consistently as the church. Uh, so essentially, God blessed us with the ability to, to minister to the church there, to avoid the pitfalls that much of the American church went into when uh, Roe was for, uh, forced upon us. And so we're thanking God for that, for thanking God for those believers in Ireland uh, who are doing such amazing gospel work out there. And we're looking forward to seeing you all again uh, and uh, grateful to God for all that you're doing and all that we're able to, to be a part of with you. Uh, don't forget, everybody, ReformCon mm-hmm. is coming up fast. Actually, I got a little bit of a, a, of a, of a nervousness this week mm-hmm. um, because um, we have we have so much happening for ReformCon. It's a Christian conference, not a church service. We're going to have entertainments. We're going to have solid teaching. We're going to have after party, just tons of stuff to do there. We're very excited about this. It's ReformCon, a Christian conference like no other. By this standard, amazing speakers, David Bonson, Joe Boot, Dr. James White, Andrew Sandlin, Toby Sumter, uh, it's going to be phenomenal when it comes to the teaching, but I I realize that we're so close. It's coming quickly to Reformation Day weekend. Oh yeah, I'm doing a performance when it comes to arts and performance and those and mm-hmm. you know doing that as a Christian. Um, and I realized I'm like looking at my training schedule, going, oh my goodness, I have to travel, I have to do this, I have to like work my butt off to be prepared for it. So anyway, it hit me how close it is. So I hope it hits you. Reformcon.org. Get your tickets. Um, make sure you get your tickets soon because we do have limited seating. When the seats run out, they run out. There's no way to expand it at all. It's a very nice location here in the Phoenix Valley. And uh, just get your tickets uh, as soon as you can. And we're looking forward to hanging out with you here in yeah. Phoenix. And we're, we're uh, running out of sponsorship opportunities, too. And a lot of people have expressed interest. So if you if you want to do that, uh, do that quickly, please. All right, everybody. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. We're grateful for each and every one of you guys that is that are constantly sharing your stories with us, blessing us, praying for us. We need that. And we're especially grateful for all of our all-access partners in ministry that are doing this ministry with us. Thank you so much for being a part of this ministry with us. That's Joy the Girl. See ya. That's Luke the Bear. Peace out. I'm Jeff the Coleman and Ninja. We'll catch you next week right here on Apologia Radio.